Welcome to Indie Radio, podcast number 45. Indie Radio is an indie game development talk show which is here to bring you interviews with both large and lesser known developers, recap the latest news, debate about topics in indie gaming, and to give you some tips and tricks for your journey into game development. Today is November 9th, 2013, and I will be your host, Brett Hudson, broadcasting live from the U.S. coast. Hi, I'm, I'm John Murphy, um, and I am a game designer, and I'm working on Octodad Dadliest Catch. Hi, I'm Kevin Zoon. I am also a game designer working on Octodad Deadliest Catch. So after this short music break, we will get into our news. And the music's not playing. So I will edit that in uh, afterwards. Awkward. Or <laughs> we could, should I we say could do some music. We could make some music right now. You know, um, we had Robin Arnott do that. Do you guys want to? I, I, I can't claim to be as good as Robin Arnott, so. I can. Oh, okay. <laughs> good, Robin. At least one of us. <laughs> Perfect. So we are going to just jump right into our news. So the first one is big Xbox One news for Unity developers. In a nutshell... Microsoft and Unity have teamed up to bring Xbox One tools for free to anybody who has signed up for the IDE at Xbox program. The IDE program stands for Independent Developers, and in essence, it is a program that allows independent developers to register their game for the Xbox One console, and if Microsoft likes their idea and knows that they can make it, they'll let you in and give you developer tools. The uh, Xbox One Unity features are also going to take advantage of the Kinect uh, Smart Class, and I'm guessing probably the Oculus Rift, since Unity supports that as well. And uh, it says that the early testing phases will begin in a beta program in 2014. You guys have anything to say? Hmm. I mean, that sounds pretty cool. I'm curious as to how Unity is, um, you know able to pull off making Unity free on there. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. Is it like what kind of deal you think this is? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... I'm not sure. But it's cool um, as a, you know, Unity... I, I only have a little bit of experience working with Unity, but, you know, it seems like a, a good avenue for a lot of people to get their stuff onto... I don't know, get their stuff out there. Yeah, so what what do you use to develop for the PlayStation 4? I'm, I'm curious. Or what have you guys been using, I should say? Um, do you want to take this one, Kevin? Oh, yes, I'm the tech guy, huh? Yeah, you are. <laughs> I, I mean, like, uh, we said uh, before the show that we use Earlicked Engine for Octodad, and... Um, as far as I know, that's that's what it is. Uh, yeah, and then there, there's like you know a bunch of custom since it's open source. There's a lot of custom stuff that that um, Kevin Geisler has built, or who's kind of like our tools programmer. So mm-hmm. like we use like a level editor that he's pretty much built from scratch. Um, but like it's the same it's the same game as on the PC and Mac, just with like some things tweaked. Um, so we didn't have to like rebuild a lot of stuff. Um, I think there, I don't know. There are a lot of like graphics. Cha- I don't really know that much about you know, the the details of the porting from one platform to another. 
Yeah, I mean, it, there's been a lot of shader work. There's been a lot of optimization work needed. Um, but other than that, it's pretty much the same uh, engine just running on PS4. And then what language did you guys use? I uh, It's C++, isn't it? Okay. Yeah. Good old classic. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> We'll Again, not, not programmers. And then um, going off of that, where I was planning on going, do you guys know what the Xbox One runs off of? I'm guessing it's C Sharp. Hmm. I don't know. Runs, what? I Unicorn Dreams. I could. There you go. <laughs> unicorn Dreams. That's it. That's as far as I know. Yeah. Um, runs off of the power of their dreams. Yes, every Xbox One is stuffed with a sleeping unicorn. That's oh my! <laughs> a C sharp sounds right, but oh, there you got it! Uh, right from the guys from that are working on Actodad, Unicorn Dreams. All right, Unity four point two point two brings iOS game controller support. So, if anybody's ever worked with game controller on iOS. In other things, you can now work on it in Unity 4.2.2. That's I don't know what else to say. Um, it's an API, and you can use the on-screen game controller stuff in your yeah. games. <laughs> Is there anything else that you can really say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes. then say it, John. Um, I don't know. I think this is cool just because like there are a lot of games like you know now that that the iOS as a platform is getting like powerful enough to, you know, um, or like to play like, you know, bigger, prettier games all the time. Um, but like, I don't know, sometimes you don't want to use touch controls. So like being able to connect a separate game controller to like an iPad or something is a pretty cool idea to me. It's a little bit funny to me. It says that you cannot have a controller only input scheme you have to have a touch option yeah well that makes sense it won't allow you to require the controller right um but you could just make the other the the touch controls like really really bad so that (laughs) no one will ever use them yeah (laughs) i mean that's a nefarious scheme but it is possible i wonder if we'll see something like that happen and then only like one in a hundred people will be able to play your game because nobody has an iOS game controller that I know of. But I yeah, I mean that's the big thing. Uh, like it would be foolish of you to to do something like that, right? Uh, to to exclude everyone who uses touch control, right? I mean the ideal really is like you know you got an iPad set up and then you you get like those little suction cup little joysticks and you connect those to your iPhone and then you use your iPhone as a controller to play the game on iPad. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. That sounds like a complicated setup. It's it's in, it's all it's a little inception y. <laughs> <laughs> is there is there something smaller than an iPhone you can use? Yeah, and I uh, an iPod iPod mini or whatever. The little thing iPod that you, Nano? The Nana, the thing that what? you strap to your arm while you go running, it doesn't have a screen. Oh, yeah. It's got an accelerometer in it. I don't know. We're just lying now. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Don't, don't be pulling. That. 
this is why this, you you knew what you were getting yourself into, or maybe you didn't, but here you are. <laughs> uh, yeah, see when when you said that you were gonna lie about stuff during the news, I thought it was gonna be really obvious stuff. Not. Oh. I mean, well, I guess that is kind of obvious when you said accelerometer in it. Well, it's <laughs> obvious. It's obvious when you end a sentence by saying we're lying. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, okay. The point is, uh, I yeah, a lot of Unity news. I guess they're really branching out. I mean, Unity's already pretty popular, and I guess they they're not going to let go of that anytime soon. Yeah, they're taking over the world slowly. Everything will look like a Unity game soon. Like I was recently going through the student games for the IGF. So many of them are Unity. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, at, at my college, there's already a few people that are obsessed with Unity, and they, they haven't even started their programming classes yet. I'm like, yep. <laughs> so if you guys are interested in looking at the iOS game controller support, you can go to the archived version of this broadcast and click the link in the news section. Or you can go to blogs.unity3d.com, and it's there. There's also a little map that shows which buttons are which uh, key codes and axes, so you can easily set it up, which is really nice, because I've had some problems with Unity axes in the past. It's not fun. <laughs> All right, and then the next news is the Steam Machine. Steam Machine. Ah, uh, Yes. So the Steam Machine, as we've mentioned in previous broadcasts, is basically a computer console hybrid thing created by Valve. And the Steam Machine allows you to play any game in your Steam library on this console. And there's a few different versions of the console. There's the cheap version, the moderately priced, and then the expensive version. And the cheap version will run all of your Steam games... You know, like low graphics have it. It won't have any problems really. And then the more you spend on your Steam box, the better graphics you can put on it. So uh, it's pretty cool. And the controller is one of the biggest parts of it. And they're talking about how it went through all these iterations. And this this uh, news article that we're looking at. I'm going to post it in the IRC. It uh, shows all the different controllers that they went through, and some of them look really bizarre. I, I like the blue one. I think that's close to what they um, decided on. But uh, I'd have to take a look at the actual controller again. And uh, what was the big point of this news article? Oh, yeah, they're sending out some prototypes. I believe the number was 300. I, I lost it. And... Yeah, it was 300. So they're sending out 300 beta kits out to developers and gamers to get input on their console, uh, both on the controller and the console itself, just to make sure that everything's working right, that the users are happy, and they're going to make changes if things are wrong, which is really, really great, because I don't think PlayStation or Nintendo or Microsoft really do this other than in-house testing. This is... From what I understand, they're sending it to well-known developers and some random people, maybe. You guys have anything to say? Um, Did I get uh, my I, wrong? 
it it's uh I don't know it, it seems it seems cool. I like the idea of um you know having something that serves as kind of a computer and also like a um something that you can be playing um like doing different things in different rooms in a house on like I don't know. I mostly play games on Steam, but I really prefer playing uh games in the living room. So, I don't know. This sort of setup is really appealing to me. Um and the controller just looks crazy and I want to get um, to get my hands on one. I I reserve my judgment about all that you just said, John. <laughs> Good, because uh, I it's it's weird because like I'm not entirely certain what makes it different from just buying a computer, putting Steam on it, and connecting it to like your big TV, right? Well, like so what? Or or it's like you know, uh, yeah, it could be exactly the same. Now that like I don't, it's it's just a matter of wirelessly getting it from one room to another, which is like, you know, there are the, probably other ways to do that. The big thing is that it runs SteamOS, so you don't have to worry about Windows or uh, Linux or anything running on it. It just runs SteamOS, meaning that there's nothing really running while you're playing your games, and it's it's cheaper because it's all put together in a way that's going to work for all your Steam games, regardless of external factors so it's i mean it's it's not revolutionary but it's definitely a convenience to just buy a steam machine instead of trying to build your own gaming pc or buying something way overpriced that you actually don't need Hmm. and the controller is looking pretty sweet so there's that well that that i agree on um Were you going to say something more? I was going to say that it looks like an original Xbox with a with like a PS3 sneaking or PS2 maybe lurking inside of it. So it looks like it's, it's yeah, kind it's of pretty. Totally what? <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering if the, the middle part is touch sensitive because I see that there's a settings button at the top and a chat button at the bottom. Oh, I was talking about the actual console. Oh, the actual console. I was just I was distracted by just I was just staring at a picture of it. Yeah, the uh the article that we linked actually has a first view picture of it. I mean it does look a little bit like a VCR. Like <laughs> all the consoles do now. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, it does look pretty slick. Maybe they're hoping that you'll accidentally buy one thinking it was a VCR? Yeah. Like I'm I'm at the store trying to Trying to get a VCR to play all my all my old VHS tapes. i you know. <laughs> oh wow, four hundred dollars! This is the best price ever. <laughs> it comes with the new Assassin's Creed movie. <laughs> <laughs> and Halo Four, yes. the TV series. <laughs> uh, um, the controller. I I, I just like have no idea what that thing is going to feel like so I'm really interested in, in checking it out Phil is supposed to be getting us one one of these days Phil, Phil, find us one, find it DJD uh, Duty in the uh, IRC yeah, if anybody wants to chat with us uh, indiefunction.com slash radio that's probably where you're listening to this on but uh, there is an IRC on that page just enter a username and you can jump in ask us questions, talk about stuff and et cetera, et cetera. 
Um, but DJD Duties just said, wow, is that a GTX uh, GPU? And I believe it is. I'm going to have to look up uh, Steam Machine specs. Because um, I believe that they did put out the specs. Let's see here. So, the... Right, this isn't giving me a nice article. This is talking. Yep, so Valve is suggesting that targeting the 3 gigabytes of GDDR5 framework, or frame buffer memory for its hardware when only the GTX 780 actually supports it. So um, I'm pretty sure it is GTX. I've heard that they're going to be using the 800 and 900 series because it is coming out uh, next year or possibly 2015 if things, you know, get backtracked. So that it's going to, you know, like, have some pretty intense uh, graphics cards in them. But um, I'm not sure exactly which model it is. And we just got two new people to the IRC, so welcome Seth and Blue LL. Or is that 1-1? One one? Yeah, Blue 1-1. One one. Sorry. <laughs> Alright, so our last topic of news is the Game Jolt Contest 10. Uh, we've always been a big fan of Game Jolt, and they're hosting a competition right now. It's a game jam. It started Friday night, and it runs for the next 10 days. And the countdown is currently at 8 days, 10 hours, 41 minutes, and 5 seconds. There are 560 participants, making it the biggest Game Jolt contest ever. That's actually a lot of people. And let's see here. The rules are that the entry must be an original game. Your game must relate to the theme party. You know, take that however you want. The more innovative you are with the theme, the better you're going to be judged. Uh, multiple game submissions are welcome, but you cannot place more than once. So you can make two games, it sounds like, but you're not going to win both. And there's no restrictions on creation tools. And then the judging will be over the next three weeks following it. Uh, for prizes, you can win games from a handful of developers. It would take me probably two minutes to read all this, so I'll just take out some of the cool ones. There's Toast Time by Ashley Gwino, uh, Perfection and Phantasmaburbia from Banav, as well as Sling It. Uh, Connor Ullman's Oblitus which uh, was originally a collaboration between him and Noel Berry, but Noel uh, isn't working on it anymore. There is also Under the Ocean by Farmer Gnome, Super Puzzle Platformer Deluxe by Andrew Morish. Trying to find some more. Oh, there's Super Hexagon and VVVVVV by Terry Cavana. And uh, Linus by Zach Ailes. So... Definitely check that out. There's some fantastic prizes, and it's always a blast. I was going to say it's always a jam being in a game <laughs> blast, but that, that definitely wasn't right. <laughs> All right, so we're going to try playing music here, and if it doesn't work, then we're going to make our own tunes. And it's not working. So did you want to take us away, John? Uh... I'll let, I'll let Zune take the lead on this one. I'll jump in. All right, Zune. Take us away. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you expect me to do, John. <laughs> I, this? I got Yeah, there we go. Is If I just speak rhythmically, will that count? Do it. <laughs> 
Yeah. I went to the store the other day mm-hmm. and I bought a hat. Mm-hmm. Wait, that <laughs> this is the worst <laughs> song. <laughs> and he put it on a fat cat. Oh no. There no. we go. Now we've got rhyming. <laughs> uh, should, should should we just stop? Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. I'm this is dredging up what a terrible person I am. <laughs> All right, so we are jumping into the interview. Uh, for refreshers, we have John Murphy and Kevin Zoon from the Octodad team. They're working on a game, Octodad Deadly- Deadliest Catch, sorry, for the PlayStation 4, which is super awesome. It was showcased at E3, and it I played it the other day. It's actually really, really, really great. They Thanks. And, Thank you. Yeah, so here they are. Hi. Hello there. <laughs> right. So, as always, um, questions are welcome in the IRC. I have it open, so if anybody has any questions for them, just ask away. And uh, we'll just start out with, you know, how did you guys get involved with the project? Oh boy. <laughs> um, you you want to start soon, or do you want me to start this spiel? If I if I say silent, will that answer the question for you? Yeah, sure. So we um we were students at DePaul University, um, and there was a project. Uh, so th- this game is you know the there was a student game that we made before this, called, just called Octodad. Um, that we made and submitted to the student IGF in 2010? Yeah. Um, and, You've forgotten. Uh, You've forgotten what year it is, haven't you? Yeah, I, it's been so <laughs> long. Just It's just been Octodad for the past more than three years of life, so it's it all blends together. Um, but since then, um, you know, we, we quit, or quit, we graduated from school, um, and, you know, um, most of us got day jobs and we've just been working on, on the game since then started a company called Young Horses, um, where we've been working on Deadliest Catch for the past two and a half ish years. Um, not quite two and a half. It will be, it will be two and a half by the time we finish the game in a few months. Um, yeah, that's the basic idea of how we ended up here. So you said it's going to be done in a few months. So um, I was under the impression that it was a launch title for the PS4. Oh. I'm guessing yeah. it's not then? <laughs> no, it's in, like, the launch window. And actually, because we did a Kickstarter and, like, you know, committed to PC, Mac, and Linux, um, we're doing that first, actually. Oh, okay. So, like, end of January-ish is the goal for to get it out on Steam, and then, like, as soon as we can after that, like, we've got the game working on PS4, so basically, like, as soon as we are done, the the goal is to, like, be submitting it to, like, final stages of getting it on the PS4 around the same time that it comes out um, for PC, Mac, and Linux. Yeah, that that launch title thing is really... That rumor just won't die. (laughs) We do everything we can to stomp on it, but... Like it always resurfaces somewhere. Yeah. 
I, I guess it's probably just because it is available on the PlayStation 4 kiosks that are available. Right. So it's like, oh, hey, this must be one of the first games coming out since it's already playable. Yeah, it's one of the few downsides to Sony pushing us so much. Just that everyone assumes that that means we're <laughs> we're available. Yeah, it's a lot, a lot of pressure, but yeah, it, you know we've got it's we've got a, a few levels that people have seen and played. The secret is that the rest of the game is really just made out of toothpicks right now. <laughs> That's not totally true. We're almost we got the the you can play through the whole game at this point. It's just you know a lot of finishing some some art and cutscenes and like polishing the game and making it not have bugs. Not have bugs is always good. Well, that's yeah. that's an impossible task, really. Yeah, yeah. just Especially, have less bugs, really. Right. Especially with a with a game as as like physics based as ours is, like there are probably going to be some bugs. We're just hoping that we get rid of the ones that break the game, and you know there will probably be a few. And they'll just be funny and nice, nice bugs, like ladybugs. Wait, are those nice? They, they just I've, ne- I've never liked them. <laughs> Ladybugs have always been nice to me. Asian beetles, on the other hand, no. Oh yeah, and it's hard to tell the difference. So that's that's the trick here is to figure out which bugs are the ones that that are most important to get rid of, and which ones are like actually like okay and benign to be there, and they all have the same spots. <laughs> <laughs> that was the greatest metaphor of all time. <laughs> metaphor, analogy. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it. I hate ladybugs. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, shoot, where, where was it going? Oh yeah, the PlayStation Four final submission process. Um, you know, it's probably kind of under wraps right now. Are you guys allowed to talk about how exactly the whole process works? Um. I mean, we haven't really started the, like, final process yet, right? So, um, I don't know. Do you know anything about how that works? I don't really know um, much about it other than that. Like, you know, you give them a build of the game, they look at it, and then they give you ideas of things that need to be fixed. Or, like, you know, they're, like, standard things, like being able to pause the game and it not crashing if you leave it, like, running for a day or, you know, stuff like that. So, like, technically we went through a miniature version of the process to get the demo in the kiosk. Mm-hmm. So, like, that that one you saw in public, uh, Sony needed to, of course, approve that because you couldn't just put whatever you wanted. <laughs> um so, I mean, it was basically just that. A series of us sending the bill to them, them sending it back angrily. Uh, okay, maybe <laughs> not angrily, but with with required changes. And then a little bit of back and forth over and over again. Yeah, and none of the changes are, like, related to the content of the game exactly. It's just, like, does the game work like a game should on this platform, I guess. If that makes sense. Like, does it support all the parts of the platform that all the games are expected to? Things like that. Does... Or did Sony send you a PlayStation 4 development kit? Or do you just send it off to them and hope that it works? Oh, no, we 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 have, we have one that we've been playing with for a while. Um, yeah, so we... They, they send you one, and then you have to be careful with it, and, like, you know keep it in your office and not let let it be seen and things like that um 
and then, I don't know, it's pretty, it was pretty easy to work with, it sounds like, and it, we're, it's more Kevin Geisler, who is the one who's been dealing with most of the, the technical, and, and I guess Devin, the other, our other programmer, has been dealing with some of that stuff too, and Phil, who's been doing the creating of builds and things like that, like the, basically packaging everything up to be submitted to things. Oh, we yeah. just we just build the levels and other th- parts of the game. Is, is your game just digital, or is there going to be a physical copy as well? Currently, our game is digital only. Like, it would have to be pretty popular and sell pretty well for us to graduate into having a physical release of any kind. If, okay. if at all. Like, we don't even know if that's, like, a thing um, that could happen. Um, but we've been happy at this point to just think about the digital release of the mm-hmm. game. Um, but I don't know. It could be interesting to see, like, because our game is pretty appealing to, like, you know, families and parents and children and things like that. I guess families are made up of parents and children. But, <laughs> um, but I, don't, I don't know if those uh, demographics, like, find games digitally as easily. Like, you know, I guess, like, the, the classic idea is, like, a, you know, parent walking through a Best Buy or something. They're like, oh, look, this is a cute-looking game. I'm, yeah, uh, here we go. Yeah, because <laughs> I... Uh, Journey was uh, physically published, so I... Yeah, that was after the that was like after they were like a bestseller. Yeah, like that bestseller digitally, and then and then they of all time, right? And (laughs) I mean that's what I based my assumptions off of when you asked. um, that we will be as popular and beloved as Journey. I wish you can do it. We definitely won't be as critically acclaimed. That's true. There's no way nothing ever will be. They yeah, broke. I, that, they broke that system of critical acclaim. Yeah. So what? What competition uh, have you had to deal with so far? Like, uh, are you guys having any problems marketing or getting people interested in your game? Hmm. So I mean, like, no. I guess is the easy answer. Yeah, um, I don't believe in competition. <laughs> That's true. Like w- when you said competition, do you mean like from other games, from just like for attention? You mean like I, yeah? I, I'm not sure. That probably is two different questions. But yeah, like have you? How has marketing been? Like, uh, do you guys feel that you're going to um, be successful? It's kind of the bottom line. Uh, I'm not gonna answer that because I don't want to. I'm not. I'm not. Um, what's the word? Um, for uh, where you th- don't believe in reality. Uh, think magic is real. Uh, su- superstitious. I'm not superstitious. superstitious. Yeah, uh, but but I still don't want to make any predictions really exactly because I don't know. I hope that we're going to be successful, but who knows? So I. I actually do think that we'll be successful. It just like in a matter of degrees. Like I think, like I think that we will do okay. Um, unless our game is like broken or bad. And well, yeah, I mean, press. if it turns out that the game just completely falls apart at the end, then yeah, I guess, I guess, well, that was a wash. But like, I think we will do at least okay. Um, and, and I guess. Like, and, and that's just because, um, I mean, 
because our marketing has gone well, we've been in a lot of things that we have no right to be in. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we've got a lot of help from Sony in shoving the game in front of people's eyeballs. And um, in general, just, I don't know, it seems like people are still interested in Octodad, even though it's been a few years. Um, like, I I used to be a lot more reserved about hoping for the future, but I don't know. The events of the last year have been pretty positive. Yeah, it's... I, and we were pretty we were pretty happy with like how like a decent number of people seem who play games seem to know about the game like a year ago so that was cool and then like since like the, the whole PS4 thing and like Sony bringing us all all over the place and us being like pulled slightly into the the like console war thing now it seems like everybody who plays games or almost everybody who plays games knows about Octodad at least so I don't know like being having people be aware of your existence is like three quarters of the battle when it comes to you know getting people to want to check out your game it seems like mm-hmm. yeah i'd say about a third of the people in my class know what octodad is um and uh like i mentioned it the other day i was like oh yeah i'm talking to the octodad guys uh this weekend and they're like what I'm like <laughs> uh yeah they're like oh that's so cool octodad looks so sweet and i'm like Good. I'm glad that you guys like it. So Yeah, that's I, cool. I'm glad they like it too. <laughs> yeah, so maybe that that wasn't the b- best question for me to ask the whole successful thing. I don't know. It, I don't know. It's a valid question. It's just we kind of train ourselves not to hope <laughs> or at least like not think like not to have expectations because having expectations one way or the other when we're trying to focus on finishing the game like is just kind of a distraction um even though we can you know we can hope and like stay positive about it but like i don't know so prepare for the worst hope for the best yeah well prepare for the best also we have we have some different contingency plans that we're working on for like you know different levels of success and things like that so so, regardless of how Octodad does, what is Young Horses planning on doing next? Whoa. Unfortunately, <laughs> we can't disregard how well Octodad does in that. <laughs> yeah, right. So if Octodad doesn't do well at all, we might not do anything. Because, um, like, most of us have either, like, I still have a day job that, like, I haven't been able to, to leave. Um, and a few other people, like, have had day jobs until, like, a few months ago. And then they quit, like, like all right, I've got six months saved up. Like... If the game does well, then I'll be good. If it doesn't, then I'll have to go and get another job or something. So, um, but but say we do do well, um, like we're going to support Octodad for a while, you know, post launch. So that's going to take up a good amount of time. We have some content planned for the future, but past that, we do want to make a different game, a completely new, equally bizarre, unheard of game. Yeah, and we don't know what that... We've got a lot of ideas, um, a lot of, like, pieces of ideas. Squid Uh, Mom! Yeah, there we go. Yeah, we're going to go with Squid Mom next. Perfect. Lookout world. (laughs) I mean, like, it's true. We've got got just barrels full of stupid ideas that we all love, and um, we're pretty much just going to have to fight it out. Not 
with our fists, but with our words, and we're going to have to prototype a bunch of different ideas and see what's going to work. Yeah. Um, and if, and depending on how well Octodad does, like, the degree of risk that we'd be able to take in making, like, the craziness of ideas, and, like, th- that might affect that. I don't know. Well, that's true, because we, we've got ideas that vary wildly in scope. Um... Yeah, so stuff that could take, like, six months to do and stuff that could take a couple of years to do again. And, like, I don't know, Octodad took two and a half years when we thought it was going to take one year, um, even yeah. knowing that we were going to have day jobs. So, I don't know. Yeah, that was a foolish, terrible estimation on our part. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited um, about the idea of working on something different, even though I do love building Octodad levels. Yeah, that's to say that's one of the weird things about games is that it's really hard to come up with an estimate of, you know, how long it's going to take. Right. And then it's even worse when you're a AAA company and you set a release date. We, we've been talking about that in class, and it's like, should should you set release dates and then crunch at the end or just release it when you're done? I like I I like the like it's done when it's if you can afford to do it like what like Blizzard does like it's done when it's done and mm-hmm. like you know we're not gonna put out anything that's like not of that's not the best quality that we can do. Um, What's up? But every anything can always be better though. So I don't know. That's like, a like weird. Yeah, on the subject, of, like we have release dates in mind. We don't talk about them publicly because we don't want anyone to get too disappointed mm-hmm. but but like we choose our release dates by times of year we think are going to be best so they're not just arbitrary so like yeah. we do we do really want to hit them and if we don't hit them we're probably going to have to wait like to get another good time because there are certain windows when it's easier to get attention if you're mm-hmm. not a giant game oh, right like, holiday um, season, no thank you. <laughs> yeah. But as far as, like, announcing release dates and, like, expectations of meeting those, it's like, man, you just, it's a lot of people just, like, don't really understand the, the that making a game is, like, a weird, unpredictable process with, like, a million moving parts that you can't always predict. Um, I also kind of like the idea of just, like, if you can afford to just, like, work on a game, like, kind of secretly, and then just, like, oh, here it is, it's done. Like, whoa, I didn't even know, like, there it is. But, like, really, you want to, have, like, tease at least, and, like, give people an idea. I don't know. There's, like, a, a weird balance between, like, having, like, a cool surprise and, like, um, you know, making pe- sure people know about what you're doing ahead of time. Yeah, I'm in favor of vague information. Like, I really like what the, um, what they're doing with that um, who's who's working on Soma? Is that frictional? That's the, yeah, that's frictional. That? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Amnesia guys. Yeah, so like they're like weird little live action like like teasers for their new game. Like I I really liked that as like a method stuff like that. And yeah, that's the sort of thing we similar to what like the Stanley Parable did. Just all its different weird marketing material. Oh, I play that. Yes, I recommend it. I still haven't played the 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 like real full game. I, but I, yeah. I Come need on, to. John. Come, I, 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 hey, I'm trying you to guys finish. Guys, know how much it is? So uh, 
like I believe it released at fifteen dollars. I don't know if it still is that much. I think uh, it released at twelve fifty and is fifty. Like there was a sale and it's fifteen. I think. I think I'm looking it up it now. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking it up as well. Um, come on, where where's the Steam link? Oh, yep, fifteen bucks. Yes, it's right, not bad. But uh, I mean, the point is that uh, the marketing material for that game was all like really unique and specific mm. and vague but still also vague and confusing so he did everything he could to not tell anyone what the game was but make them interested in it yeah um and not that i'm saying everyone should do the same thing but i just mean like i guess there's something to be said for telling people that you're making something that they will like uh without actually letting them know like everything about it so that they aren't disappointed if it's different when it comes out yeah and on top of that they they, they keep coming back for more because they want to know what what it actually is right the mystery is powerful mm-hmm. um I would say we don't we don't exactly have an air of mystery for our game and I don't think it would suit us particularly well but is he really an octopus but we don't have an, we don't have like the the whole mystery thing going on, but there is stuff in the game that we're not telling anyone about that it's gonna like maybe be surprising and interesting beyond what is already interesting to people. That's true. Spoilers all o- all over the place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, is there an underlying story to Octodad? And if there is, how how much of a story is it? Just like a quirky story that goes along, or does it actually have? content uh so the underlying story as much as we'll say it's about octodad um going to the aquarium with his family and he is kind of in conflict with his wife in this story um the game is basically i mean there's a lot of stuff about like octodad being like threatened with needing to expose himself for what he is kind of and like or like being I don't know, there's a chef after him who knows who he is and is trying to expose him, like in the first game. He's back, and you get some backstory. It's like, where did Octo, how did Dr. Dad get into this situation? Um, and stuff like that. So, Right, we go into some we go into some history. We go into... There, there are sad times in the story. <laughs> so yes, I, I guess like we... Bring a box of tissues? Maybe. Sure. Hopefully. Um... <laughs> I just mean that, yeah, we've we've developed the story quite a bit in this one, especially compared to the first one, which was rather light, I guess I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, um, not not that like Octodad is a is a terribly serious game, just that there's more to it. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like fun and silly, and you can just play and enjoy that part. But then there's some other stuff going on underneath that if you care to to think about it okay seth just asked how did john and zune get so handsome (laughs) oh seth that's seth is our our sound guy sound guy i'm gonna out him right now he does sound and writes the music and and all that um i don't know it's probably a combination of genetics and diet and and not like living 
Um, did you did you grow up like on top of a, a coal mine or like toxic waste dump or anything, Zune? Because I I don't think I did. So that helps. I mean, I, I was pretty near a cornfield. I don't know what kind of radiation corn gives off, but mm. mostly but, just corn radiation, which is pretty much fine. The the pollen from corn just makes you handsome. That's just how it is. <laughs> But I mean, regarding you and I, John, you're you're very well kept and you dress well and I roll out of my room into a pile of clothing and it sticks to me because because of natural <laughs> effects, I suppose. Yeah, does that answer your question, Seth? You goof. So I guess for me it's just natural and John works at it. Yeah. Does anyone have any questions that are you know, more relevant? Seth? Yeah, the chat's quiet. Yeah. It's been quiet for the last few months. I don't know, we used to have people that would jump in and they'd they'd just ask question after questions. Like we we would do our interview, it'd be like half an hour and then all the questions would take probably another forty five minutes and it's just like, Whoa, and now nobody ever wants to talk. That's sad. That's sad. I'm like, What what happened to you guys? We have they just I I guess they were enlightened. All their questions were answered. I guess so. Maybe maybe I've just gotten better at asking the right questions. Yeah, that could be it. Because I used to really suck. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, I so just, do you have more questions for us? Do I have more questions? Uh, probably. <laughs> um, I just got to think a little bit. I don't know. I used to have a list, but then I'd become really scripted. So, like, I usually have a list of a few different ways that we can go, and we've covered them already. But, hmm. um, really, nobody in the chat. Well, um, how how did you get Octodad to pose behind you in your Skype picture, John? Oh, um, so that's a picture of me at my. At my day job, I uh, work at a middle school designing educational games. So he came to just like give me some feedback on on a game that I was making, um, and uh, I was like, "Hey, what? I grabbed like a middle school student and was just like, "Hey, you want to take a picture of me with my dad?" And he was like, "Yeah, your dad is a regular human. I'll take a picture of you too." And then and then he did. And then I put it on Skype. Nice, nice. Yeah, it was nice. It was a nice time. I learned how to use the internet that day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So, like, uh, the the day job. So, I can't talk all of a sudden. The the games that you develop, do do you want to talk about them? I don't know. They're just educational games. Like, uh, are they anything spectacular? Like, uh, I, I do. Know... A... Oh, sorry. I do a lot of like little board games and card games and things like that, mostly. Um, also, physical games. Mostly, um, not exclusively, but just because they're faster, and I'm trying to make like a lot of things as oh. fast as I can. Um, yeah, I don't know. Because I know when we talked to Steve Swink, he's working with. I want to say the University of Arizona, and they're doing some crazy video game MMO educational hybrid. Oh yeah, 
That's cool. Yeah, I heard that he was working on that stuff too. I need to talk to him more about that. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't know. Uh, I those are usually like like more like you get funding to have a university make a giant game is a lot different from I am a game designer embedded in a middle school with limited resources and you just like make use of games that exist mm -hmm. or design smaller games and things like that. Yeah, so I, I'm just curious what exactly it would be like in middle school. Mm. Do, you, do you have fun there, though? Yeah, it's it's fun. Um, it's exhausting to do both of these things, like, you know, working 40 hours a week there and then trying to work 20 to 30 hours a week on Octodad is rough. Uh. Um, but, it's you know, it'll calm down one way or another one of these days uh, on my end I'm full time on Octodad and have been for a few years now um, so he's basically all I see all day <laughs> um, but I do I try to make other games in my spare time especially when a game jam comes around um, mostly the Ludum Dare Ludum Dare however you say that Ludum Dare or something I don't know I believe yeah. so. So are you joining the Game Jolt contest that we mentioned earlier then? <laughs> Unfortunately not. I would really like to, but like given that we're in the last two months of Octodad's development, I I, I can't afford anything else. <laughs> yeah, I assumed you were going to say that. <laughs> I know, right? It sucks. I'm, I can't do the Ludum Dare at the end of the year. I can't do... Um, Pretty much any of the jams, but I love them. I love them too much. Did Did you even get a chance to do Zero Hour Game Jam? It was just last weekend. No, I did the first one that came around. So that was an exciting time, but uh, I need my sleep too badly right now. Uh. Last time I made a game about sheep, I think. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Zero Hour Game Jam is rough. <laughs> yeah, it's really crazy i i joined it again this year this is my second year and uh i i didn't realize that it was already 2 a.m because my computer automatically went to 1 a.m so i'm like oh yeah there's still not oh no there's not another hour <laughs> i see <laughs> so I, I like got up i grabbed some water started running around like oh my god oh my god already five minutes in what did you, you end up making yeah um i made this weird little game where you shoot enemies it's like a top-down point-and-click shooter and then what you do is you teleport to your enemy's location so you kind of have to be strategic about it so you don't block yourself from other enemies it's a weird weird little concept uh where is that posted <laughs> uh i will put a link in the irc it is oh good hudson.com slash game slash twist can all right, but yeah, if anybody's listening in and wants to play it, uh, it's on my site, brethudson.com, under the games page. It's called Twist Can. But yeah, I mean, it. there's not too much strategy, because like I didn't have enough time to place walls, but there is a little bit. <laughs> not really. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> like the expectations for Zero Hour Game Jam are low. Yeah. And... That's one of those ones where the impressive part is doing anything other than crying. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. 
But yeah, like the enemies go through the walls and <laughs> like if if you're not careful, you can get stuck in a wall by teleporting to an enemy that's in a wall. Mm. But yeah. I am thinking about making it a full game, but I'm not sure yet. Were you going to do the game jolt one? Um, I'm thinking about making a little something for it, but um, I'm also working on the Game Boy Jam right now. So, the Game Boy Jam. Yeah. Not familiar with that one. Um, it's their second year doing it. It's really small. Uh, I think it's gbjam.com. Yeah. And basically, you make a game that's 160 pixels wide by 100. Oh, that's not the URL. Game Boy Jam. Um, 160 pixels wide by 144 pixels tall. Um, it ran from November 1st, and it ends tomorrow night. And uh, you just have to make it theme Game Boy themed, so you can only use four colors. So you should just pick a color and do four shades. So it's like making a Game Boy game, and some cool stuff comes out of it. That sounds exciting, actually. I'm going to have to look at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they. I want to say they do it yearly. Let me look at when I released the game last year. Yeah, it's it's yearly. But yeah, it's it's a, it's a fun little gem. So, other than uh, Dare, are there any other jams that you like joining into? Um. So far, the only one I've the only ones I've done other than Lumdare and Zero Game Jam, I did this Adventure Time Game Jam once. <gasps> I heard about that. That was that was pretty exciting. Chris over here and me, we worked together on a game about BMO. So that was <laughs> fun. And then uh, I did Global Game Jam a few times, but uh, those were pretty early in my game development career, <laughs> and they did not pan out. Um, but uh, I'm also interested oh I really want to do the Peter Mala jam next time it happens oh yeah I last last time it came around I didn't understand it I was like <laughs> I what what is going on and I wasn't even sure what we were supposed to make so I'm like I'll I'll check out the uh, the submissions once they're done and then join next year I think they're they're going to be on the third one next time, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure how this because the rules were slightly different between the two. But I mean, yeah, for oh, sorry. In, in case anyone doesn't know, the the first Peter Mala jam was taking tweets from Peter Mala the fake Peter Mala Twitter, and trying to make real games out of what he said, and then the second jam was taking quotes from the real Peter Mala and trying to make games out of them. Oh, okay, yeah, I. I was so lost because the only rules that I could find online were from the first, and I'm like, "But this one's different." They said that the yeah. rules are different. What is going on? So, yeah, uh, IRC is still quiet. We're just gonna shut down the IRC forever. <laughs> oh, goodbye, IRC. You were a nice part of the internet. While it lasted, we'll call it the IR don't see because I can't oh. see it anymore. No, mm-hmm. oh. I've never really used IRC. <laughs> or what? 
I've never really used IRC. Yeah, me, not, me neither. Yeah, it's it's uh it's nice if you actually get a client because then you can have. I usually have about ten channels open at once, and then you can just jump between them. Hmm. So I have like the Ludumdare, IRC, Indie Function, uh, Flashpunk, Zero Hour Game, uh, Game Maker Community, because. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People in all the chats are great, except the tick source. I've never liked the tick source IRC. <laughs> <laughs> I I hear stories. Like everybody in there, I don't know. They're just rude to me. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm I'm out of here. Mm. Or nobody talks. That happens too. It's really awkward. So alternate anger and silence. Mm-hmm. Anger and silence. There you have it. That's, that's what it's like in the office. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay, so that's how many guys do you have on your team? Oh, um, a nine. Nine? The number changes sometimes. Yeah. Fraction, fractions of people? people added and... Yeah. Adding halves of people, subtracting quarters of people... But yeah, I mean, there's there's John and I, there's Chris Stallman, uh, Kevin Geisler, Devin Scott Tonkin, Phil Tiftoski, Seth Parker, Maj Badri, Nick Esparza. Who am I forgetting? Did you mention Phil? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I think you got. I think you got everybody. Uh, so yeah. if I didn't, someone's going to be really sad. Yeah, that's all right. What we can do is you can say their name, like. You can call me in a couple days, and I'll edit it into the broadcast like it never happened. Yeah, right. Yeah, and and I'll I, I'll do that so that like it'll be it'll be a list of names coming from Kevin, and then like me just saying like some other name, just like like outside, like you hear like a train in the background and stuff like that. Like, you know. So then, of course, we'll have to we'll have to remove this part discussing how we changed it. No. Oh, okay. We'll keep this. We gotta keep our decency, honesty. As as you know, honesty and integrity are really important. Yeah, to us. I just I just really care about authenticity, you know. And making sure that people know that uh, you can play games on your iPad with a uh, iPad Nano or iPod Nano. Sorry. Yeah, you just strap it to your arm and then go jogging, and it's like you know, Angry Birds plays itself or whatever. Games these days, you know. Technology. Yeah. So have you guys, you guys heard with... of video games? Sorry. <laughs> I said, have you guys heard of video games? Yeah, dude. Like the other day. <laughs> <laughs> what was that going to lead into? Really? <laughs> but, uh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I feel we interrupted you. No, it's it's fine. It this is your interview. It's your time to talk. Um. Have you guys played with the Oculus Rift? We have. It is not good for Octodad. Do not try it. Oh, God. I mean, Unless we... Unless you want the achievement for playing the whole game with the Oculus... We're not going to do that, but I want to. So, I mean, like, we had at one point modified Octodad to try it as a first-person game just to see what would happen, and uh, the answer was sickness. And then later we tried modifying that with the Oculus Rift. Oh, no. So first person 3D Octodad is really uh, a bad idea. Like, because yeah. your head, your head is just waving back and forth 
wildly and in every direction. And you can't see your own feet, really, most of the time. Which is really important in Octodad. Oh, God. I mean, let it not be said. We will try anything, no matter how stupid it sounds. And it's just a matter of whether we, uh... I mean, if we find out it's a good idea, then... Then hooray, but... Yeah, uh, I've I've played around with it. um, And the motion sickness... It's not too bad in most games, but if there's leg or, as you were saying, your head, you know, goes everywhere, it gets pretty sickening. Yeah, um, there's always a fine line to walk with Oculus Rift, but I've seen a lot of cool things come out of it. Um, recently, we had a game from some of our friends called Dumpy the Elephant, <laughs> which uh, I recommend you check out. It's about your... Like, you swing your head with the Oculus to swing the elephant's nose around, and he just kind of destroys everything he touches. Oh, that's awesome. In just this terrifying, candy-like world. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. Oh, whoa. Yeah, I'm looking at the... The, the, uh, the release topic for it. Let me see if I... Is I'll it alright if I post a link to... A video or something? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Oops, I'm in the wrong. I see. I suddenly realized I actually have no idea how to write anything in IRC. Yeah. Do you need an Oculus Rift to do that? Oh, it's <laughs> at the bottom there. Yeah, you you just click in the little text box. Oh, there it is. All right. It just looks like the text box looks very similar to like the little like. Uh, in Chrome, like the little bar at the bottom that sh- just tells you, uh, like you know, stuff about. Yeah, let me just... let me look at that. I've actually never noticed that. Eh, no, not. Whoa! Don't be. Went to the wrong link. All right, there we go. Connect, Brett Hudson two. Oh yeah, I, I guess yeah it does. All right. Yeah. I might might have to change that. It's not going to be too hard. But. Like, if you have a client, usually they, they look different. So. Yeah. I mean, it looks fine once I figured out what was down there. <laughs> right. hmm. So, let's see. Where are we going next with this interview? Wow, this dumpy game. Like, I'm looking at some of the other screenshots. Yeah, let's just talk about dumpy. It'll be yes. great. So, what, what's the point of the game? Uh, point? Do, point. Like, point. Uh, the goal. Is there, the goal. Is there a diff... Okay. You just <laughs> want... It's to have... It's to have fun, I guess. Yes. To just yeah, I mean... Swing your trunk. Um... I... Like, yeah, it's hard to say whether or not you can win Dumpy the Elephant... But you certainly can play it. Which, I mean, there's that whole argument about whether a game needs a goal or not to be a game. Or is it just a, like, is it a toy or you know, whatever? Do we need definitions? <laughs> but, I mean, aliens attack you. That's something. Yeah. <laughs> there's aliens? Yeah, Dumpy is a weird game, all right? <laughs> That's why we love it so much. And, 
I mean, yeah, it's mostly you just you swing your trunk, you hit stuff with your trunk. Dumpy the elephant walks on her own? Is Dumpy a girl? I think so. Yeah. She just broke out of a carnival and is bopping her way to freedom. <laughs> oh, yes. There we go. Rotate your head to fling cop cars over mountains and smash delicious ice cream trucks with your mighty trunk. <laughs> Man. Just, I don't know. It's like sometimes you work on Octodad so much, you just, you're just done with it. You want to talk about every other game on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> or just Dumpy. Or just Dumpy, that's true. Uh, what? What's the, what's the town? Welcome to Juliet? Joliet? It's Joliet. Joliet. A suburb of Chicago. I have some cousins, cousins that live there. Yeah, you guys are in Chicago, right? Yep. Yeah. We all live in good old Chi Town. <laughs> Do you guys like it there? Uh, yeah. I grew you know, up ish, so I don't know. It's a nice. I uh, I moved here for college and I hated it for several years, and now I love it. That's <laughs> just how Chicago has been. I don't know. I was like terrified of this city for a good long while and then I've been here long enough that I realized I just was scared of nothing I've always wanted Building to check out Chicago what? Yes. Yeah. I was just saying where? I've always wanted to check out Chicago where, know, where are you at? Um. well I came from Minnesota but I okay. am in Orlando now ah oh cool yeah we we drove about 20 or 60 it was either 20 or 60 miles away from Chicago there were two places that we drove by that I've always wanted to go to one of them was 60 miles away one of them was 20 uh, on the trip down but yeah that's pretty far yeah <laughs> but we, we were still super close compared to you know the couple hundred miles that I normally was so I was like oh, there it is I can see the lights <laughs> in the sky radiating <laughs> illuminating So, all right. So the conversation is kind of dying down. So uh, yeah, we could we could just I mean wrap it up whenever whenever you want. I uh, I think I'm gonna make a make a pot of food to bring over to the guys at the office. Maybe if they're interested yes. in that. <laughs> of course, I am. All right. <laughs> yeah, DJD duty in the chat said ten out of ten would play this. Which oh, good. is the dumpy. So you guys just promoted their game and fantastic. I'm gonna go check it out after we're done. Maybe. I have homework. What should I do, guys? Go do your homework. No. Yeah, that's true. Get get your work done, then play Dumpy. Yeah. Or play I mean Dumpy you can it he'll be done with it in twenty minutes. So but it's a nice sweet reward for getting stuff done. But I'm I was about to say, like, I'm the sort of person who likes to eat their dessert first, but that's a lie, and I would hate myself for actually saying that. So, <laughs> oh god. Um, what are some of the biggest challenges that you guys have had on Octodad? That's the question that I've been looking for for the last fifteen minutes. What? I spaced out for a second. Okay, I'll start on this one. <laughs> 
So, like, I mean, I, I mean, John and I are designers, so our answers are probably going to be design related. Mm-hmm. But, um, like, a lot of it is in just finding new things for Octodad to do. Um, like, especially, like, there, there are certain, like, areas in the game that we've had to reconsider and rebuild at least five, six times now. Mm-hmm. Um, because it can just, it's hard to know, I guess, exactly how, like, how a level is going to work until you have an awful lot of work done on it. Um, in part, uh, how to put this, like, we're, like, we're always riding that line between something that is like too obnoxiously difficult and something that is also wacky physics fun. Mm-hmm. And because we're, because Octodite is always up on that line, like we go too far in one direction or the other. Like we don't push him hard enough or we push way too hard and there's mm-hmm. no guarantee you're going to be right on the line. Um, and sometimes we like we get too traditional Mm -hmm. uh, and we try as hard as we can not to build this game into Zelda there's a huge temptation to just make Zelda Uh, and I mean that like you know you have lock and door puzzles you have like you you rotate a bunch of things and the door magically unlocks it's really tempting to just build things that way (laughs) but unfortunately Oxidat has to make some kind of sense not all the way, just enough. Yeah. And then there's also the issue of, like, Octodad is, like, um, sort of just, like, about doing, like, regular, like, mundane things. So when you're trying to experiment and figure out, like, Octodad is just, like, this toy that you can do all this stuff with. And some of the things that are fun to do with him might not fit, might be, like, too zany and too, like, gamey and not, like, real-life mundane task-ish enough so that's like an interesting balance to try to strike yeah Yeah, there's like a for us there's a a pretty big tension between like our gameplay and our story (laughs) like trying to get them to like cooperate with each other I guess ludonarrative dissonance ah shit we pulled out the big words (laughs) brain overload but I mean, but we are watching out for that. We're always trying to make something that is both wacky, fun, and makes sense, and doesn't make the player hate themselves. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's just a lot of that's really demanding. That's a lot of stuff you have to keep in mind with every little challenge in the game. And we may not have always succeeded, but <laughs> but hopefully we got close. Yeah, that was that was definitely a great answer. Yeah, some, sometimes people are just like, um, I mean, I had some programming problems. <laughs> Shaders, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you guys definitely went in depth. I like that. Thanks. That's what we like to talk about most, I think, is yeah. design problems. That's what we talk about all day long when we are in the same place, is you know, trying to work out all those interesting problems and balances and things like that. 
Yeah, it's hard for us to talk about hardware and shaders and all of that because we just don't know anything about it. <laughs> um, but we do know pretentious design talk. Ooh, Hell yeah. pretentious design. <laughs> yeah, how do you guys feel about uh, the whole pretentious thing? Because a lot of uh, people associate pretentious and indie together, which I think is really dumb. But how, how do you guys feel about the whole thing? Uh, I'm not even sure what word to put. Are we going to go with authorship on this one? Uh, wait, what exactly? Auteur. Well, that's, kind auteur. Of a, that's kind of a different thing, but that's like related. Like the auteurism thing where it's like uh, one like creative genius like in their like personal vision for like this thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know. So yeah, I mean, it's weird because, I don't know, I see a lot of games that um, that get slammed with pretension as a label, but really they just want to be artful. And a lot of times I don't think it's fair to reduce, to reduce people for trying to be artful. Like, whether or not they succeeded, I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't think it's a, um, a negative to want an artistic game clearly that's not something we do but (laughs) (laughs) Eh, we do that a little bit (laughs) okay Uh, sometimes I just mean that it's all layered under like a really easy accessible slapstick kind of uh, covering but some people just don't use much of a cover for their artfulness and I feel like that's when a game gets called pretentious when it's actually kind of upfront about what it wants to be (laughs) I mean, part of that is just, like, people getting mad about, like, games that aren't what they want to play or something. Like... That's that's true. Like, uh, I feel like usually when people are, like, saying, oh, that game is pretentious, I don't like it. It's just, like, or just, like, I don't like that game, so it shouldn't exist, which is a weird thought. That's also when they tend to call it not a game. Oh, yeah. There's that, too. Um, but I guess... Exactly. Well, that's what they use when they don't like something. And that's fine, I guess. Um, It's fine to not like games. So, like, okay, um, there are games like Dear Esther and Proteus, which might be called Pretentious, which I didn't enjoy playing, but I don't have any reason to, like, bash them down Mm -hmm. just because I didn't enjoy them. Like, I, I still understand why they're interesting to people. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah, Proteus. It was it was weird. We we got contacted uh by them and they're like, Hey, check out our game. Ooh. I'm like Okay. Mm. So uh we we did an inter or a review and it was the weirdest review I've ever had to write because I wasn't sure what to say. Because I I didn't exactly know what, what I was doing in the game. So it was just <laughs> Yeah, it was Proteus is definitely weird in the sense that it's a game, but it's not a game. I mean, it's it's more of an interactive experience, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty far into that uh, experiential genre, I would say, where it's not, it's not really big into interaction over just kind of... 
how to put it, like seeing and hearing and kind of being. Mm-hmm. God, that sounds pretentious. <laughs> but because um, I mean, like Phil on our team, he's way more into games like Proteus, and he just kind of. Like, whenever I talked about not enjoying it, he's just like, well, it's like you're on a walk. And you're just someplace nice. And there's something to be said for that. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe being somewhere is just nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's really the mindset you, that you go into it with. If, you, if you're expecting some action and, you know, a game. Well, no. An action an action-y game with a lot of interaction, then you're not going to enjoy it. No. Yeah, it's... I'm not sure where exactly I'm going. I'm pretty much just copying what you said. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, um, but, uh, I'm not sure where I'm going with it either. Just that, um, I don't know. Like, I, I do understand people have to make a, a value judgment, especially when a game is for money. Mm-hmm. And that's probably why they get so steamed up, because I guess when you have to step over the line of paying for something, I guess it does matter whether it qualifies what you consider a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I but, always forget that the game was uh, a purchase. Yeah. I was going to say, though, like, there are enough of those though that I, I'm pretty sure people know whether they want another one or not. Or at least I would hope they do. <sighs> Did you guys ever see the trailer that they released for the PlayStation version of Proteus? Uh, no. What Is was that... in the... It's, um... It's like 30 seconds long and, uh, it's a guy walking around uh, nature with a Vita in his hands. So he's just staring at the screen and uh, stepping over stuff. Like, he's very aware of the world around him, even though he's not observing it. He's just looking at the Vita. So he'll, like, step over logs and uh, walk through water and stuff. And then he gets on the bus and he puts the Vita down for a second and looks out the window at the end. I, wow. It, it's weird. Wow. I guess they really nailed that going for a walk thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, when you guys said going for a walk, I was like, yep, that's exactly exactly what the video is. I'm looking at it now. Wow. <laughs> wow. And then I, I think they... I don't... You guys are going to have to remind me if they actually put any gameplay footage in there, because I don't remember... There's a little bit. You can see a few brief flashes of what the game is actually look like. Oh, yeah. It, way at the end, it just shows, like, the forest with all the pollen falling, right? <laughs> I think so, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's pixelated goodness. But... Hmm. Yeah, I think if... If, uh, if the graphics wouldn't have been so simple it would have gotten a much different reaction from people. But, I mean, I I enjoyed the graphics. It was it was nice. They looked different. 
enough to uh, make it unique, but a lot of people nowadays just have to have 1080p perfect everything. Yeah, I guess we could talk about graphics since that's been it's been a major sticking point for uh, a lot of commenters on Octodad in particular about how it doesn't look like a next gen game. And you know what is it doing on the PS4? Yeah, people have weird ideas about like what belongs where, as if our being on the PS4 like ruins the ability for. I mean, it's it's just gonna make the next gen the next gen graphics games look even better having our game next to them. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. I don't know. I think it's so dumb how people always are talking that games are advancing because they're getting prettier. I'm like, um, you you are aware that the whole point of a video game is the game portion, right? So yeah. I, I just think it's dumb when people, like like you were just saying, the commentary, or commenters are like, what is it doing on the, the PlayStation? It's like, uh, it's a video game, it's going to be on the PlayStation so you can play it? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, our, our real answer is that it's easier to port to the PS4 than the PS3. Right. And, I mean, obviously, PS4 is a newer console, so why would we want to go backwards? And, oh, I, I see and then and PS4 is good at, like, the, you know, having the, the video sharing stuff that, like, Octodad is pretty well suited for. Like, people tend to, like, because it's kind of like a, you know, create your own comedy event sort of <laughs> experience. So you can, like, you know, it's pretty good for that, like, Let's Plays and things like that. Um, and also, like... There are other ways for a game to t- to be, you know, um, pushing limits. Like, in terms of, like, physics, um, our game is, like, kind of intense, intensive. Like, <laughs> Yes. So, like, it doesn't look that, like, much, but, like, you know, most of the games that look super pretty make up for that by having, like, everything being, like, animated, scripted events and not that much, like, dynamic you know, physical objects moving around and being controlled by the player and things like that. I don't know, like, I guess maybe people associate um, the new generation with graphical power because it's like a really, it's like a an obvious identifier. It's like something you can look at mm-hmm. that that mm-hmm. just says better. Like, because I, I mean, there's also still that console war thing happening, and everyone's very concerned about whether the Xbox One or the PlayStation Four is better. Um, as if such an object quality exists, but so I don't know. It's it's like graphical power has never ever been important to me, but clearly it's important to somebody. <laughs> Yeah, I, it's important to a lot of somebodies. I guess it's probably partly because video games did start out eight bit. You know, <laughs> used to be, you know, Nintendo style graphics, super pixelated. Right. And maybe because it was such a big um, transition between two D and three D that it was so amazing that people just kind of subconsciously think that graphics are everything. It's possible. Like I guess most of the pre generations had like a huge graphical like swing upwards 
And, I mean, if you think about it, a graphical shift from 2D to 3D did allow for massive changes in gameplay. Um, but I don't know. It's tough for me to see the difference between, uh, I guess, PS3 and PS4 HDness, partially because my vision is terrible. But <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just it's weird because a lot of people think graphics are everything is basically the bottom point that I'm getting at, even though us as game developers, you know, can see past that. And I, I even, like, really like and appreciate that sometimes. It's just, like, you know, sometimes I'm cool seeing, like, a ridiculous, like, 3D blockbuster movie, and, and sometimes I am cool seeing, like, you know, like an animated movie or, like, a like a low-budget whatever. Like, I don't know. Well, yeah, it's room to appreciate a lot of, of different like, things. Like, could people accept that there are both things? Like, it's more just yes. I don't I don't like that uh, that anything that doesn't push the graphical hardware power is qualified as bad. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I'm trying to say. Yes, um, I don't know, but like most one. most more mature gamers, I feel like I like are cool with various experiences and like talking to like middle schoolers it seems like uh they're able to appreciate that there's other stuff that can be appealing about something other than graphics so i don't know it's just trolls (laughs) (laughs) and i just got out of high school so i'm kind of so used to their whole mindset right but like even like a lot of the people who are like like doing talking like this like they'll play something my hope is that they'll play something like Octoda and be like all right this is pretty cool too yeah do so, you do you plan on uh having some of the middle schoolers test out Octoda? Th- th- i have before and uh yeah they they seem to like it they there's still like a little bit more like concrete thinkers and like don't like I don't know, there are certain kinds of comedy that are hard for them to get, so they'll, like, really love, like, the, the knocking stuff around, but, like, instead of being, like, uh, I get the absurdity of, like, the fact that Octodad has human kids, I just, like, can't get over it. They're like, no, but really, like, what what's the deal with this? <laughs> and I'll just smile and be like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know, it's, it's, it's cool. And, a cer- and certain kinds of people are just like that. Um, like, where they... There's certain kinds of things that are, like, certain kinds of weirdness that, like, they're absurd on purpose. And some people are very, like, I just don't get that. Why isn't, why doesn't this thing make sense? <laughs> it's, like, because we designed it to not make sense because it's funny to us. All right. Let's check into the IRC, see if there's any questions. Ah. Sorcerer said they just... Or they want to sell a new console and justify that they have to improve something in the hardware. They advertise the graphics so much because that's all that they can do. It's the only new feature that they can actually market. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like really what they're, they're look when I look at what Sony and Microsoft are doing, I get much more of like, a, oh, they're trying to push like the social aspects and the fact that you can switch between TV and whatever. And those are new. Uh, maybe those don't like but like maybe those aren't enough to like justify like new hardware um in the minds of some gamers so like they still latch on to what they used like i feel like like 
gamer gamers are latching onto the graphics stuff more than Microsoft and Sony are, just because like that's what Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo have pushed in past generations, and like they're just saying the same sorts of things, even though the marketing that's being directed at them is about different stuff. That's how I'm interpreting it, and it's like it's interesting to see. But yeah, that's that totally makes sense that. Um, graphics they're, they're they're trying to justify it to themselves their own purchase <laughs> is is how i feel about it even more so than what sony and microsoft are doing um mm. yeah all right so we're gonna wrap this up uh in a few seconds so if anybody has any irc questions or any questions that they want to put in the IRC, do it now or forever hold your peace. Or third option is you go find John and Kevin at their office and ask them in person. Or tweet at us or something. Or on Twitter. I'll put it's always Twitter. Yeah. We can put our things in here. J O H one two three four. Oh yeah, um, do you want me to link your Twitters on the uh, broadcast page? Sure. Um, I'll yes. type. I just type mine into the IRC. Um, what is this name? I'll figure it out. It's my name. Oh. At Kevin Zoom. It's the least secret mine Twitter is, there's ever been. Mine's just John, but instead of an N, there's six M's. <laughs> Jum. It's all right, Kevin. I use the same style Twitter name as you. Very good. It's easy. And it's a lot better than my last handle, which I'm not going to mention. Well, you mentioned it, but... <laughs> uh, yeah, I... Now I have to know. What was it? Um, well, when I was little, there was a superhero that I pretended to be, and his name was Brett Boy. Oh. So, okay. <laughs> uh, basically, I was Brett Boy 1. There were four of us. And then four. I signed up for Lego.com when I was little with Brett Boy 1, forgot my password. So then Lego.com, when I tried registering again, it was like... Why don't you be Brettboy129? I'm like, <laughs> okay. So that kind of became my username for the next, I think, seven, eight years. And then when I was wow. when I was 14 or 15, I was like, you know, I'm going to sound like a pedophile soon, so I should probably change this. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <sighs> I mean, my old username for stuff used to involve the Animorphs, so I know what you mean. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's got all sorts of implications. Don't, don't, don't go anywhere with that, John. I'm not. I know. I know when to control myself. <laughs> oh no! All right. So uh, after this, we're going to jump into the credits. Thank you for listening to broadcast number 45 of Indie Radio. This broadcast was broadcasted live with 1,000 mics and was recorded using Adosti. All music was found on Newgrounds. Uh, we have an upcoming issue of Indie Power Magazine coming out on the 23rd. This is long 
delayed. It was supposed to release in September, then October, and now it's finally releasing in November. It's been a crazy couple of months. Uh, so check that out, and thank you for listening in again, and we hope to have you be a part of the next broadcast, which will also be on November 23rd. Have a great weekend.